0: Welcome to the Industry 4.0 Podcast with
1: Grantech. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of the Industry 4.0 Podcast with Grantech, where we take a look into the world of manufacturing with a focus on stories and trends that lead to better solutions. Our guests share tips and outcomes that are going to help improve your productivity. I'm your host, Sam Russum, and today we're joined by Kevin McCluskey, co-director of Sales Engineering at Inductive Automation. Kevin, it's super great to have you here. Um, I, I think you know I'm a big fan of Ignition and really like what you all are doing over there at uh, Inductive. Do you want to take a minute to introduce yourself and inductive automation to our audience? Sure thing, Sam.
0: It's great to be here. Thank you for having us on. I I really, you know, we've we've known each other for a long time at this point, and we have a close relationship with Grant Tech too. Uh, it's great to be here. So I'm Kevin McCluskey. I'm co-director of sales engineering. As you said, uh, I've been with the company for a little bit over a decade, uh, and it's been a, a fun ride. Uh, before that, I was working for a control systems integrator uh, downtown Sacramento uh, and worked with a lot of uh, wineries, a lot of food and bed processors, and then since coming to inductive automation, it's been um you know, it worked with just all sorts of different customers across all sorts of different industries. Uh, So it's been hundreds of customers, if not um, going into the thousands at this point that I've worked with personally. Uh, It's been really rewarding. Uh, it's, It's fun and it's good to be here talking to you today. Cool. That's great. And uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about inductive automation and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So for the listeners who don't know who we are, uh, inductive automation is a software company. We create the ignition platform uh, and that is the SCADA HMI MES IOT platform that is available for anybody to purchase from us. Download a free copy, grab, play around with. Uh, and uh, we've put a lot of Uh, Love and care, and uh, you know, lots of work into creating what we think is the best platform out there for all of the things that we're trying to do with it. And so we've, you know, we have a lot of customers who would tell us the same thing. It's not just us that uh, (laughs) think that. So uh, we've been fairly successful so far, and we're really happy to support customers who are engaging with us and uh, moving forward. And a number of folks have made that switch over to inductive from other platforms or installed it right alongside their existing platforms. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm surprised if most listeners have heard of us or, but if you know, our website's great. We're happy to talk to folks as well. <laughs> yeah, that's great. For listeners who don't know who Inductive Automation is, Inductive Automation, we're a software company, and we create a platform called Ignition that platforms for IIoT, SCADA, MES, and HMI. Uh, And if you've used any of the uh, traditional vendors in those spaces uh, from 10 or 15 years ago, uh, there's a good chance that you already know who we are, and you've already seen us coming up inside the market At this point, we're one of the big players. So we're in over 100 countries. We have tens of thousands of installations around the world. Uh, And it's been a really fun process getting where we are from where we were. I've been with the company, as I mentioned, for a little over a decade. So I've seen the growth and have been part of uh, influencing the direction that we go with that. We have a, a fantastic team who. All is, uh, you know, brilliant uh, engineers and uh, business folks, and uh, we've made some really good decisions uh, along the way, and we're hoping that we'll continue making those uh, and continue delighting customers going forward
1: yeah that that's all great again huge fan of what you all are doing uh and really appreciate uh you coming on the podcast to give your perspective you know we have a lot of systems integrators and and some of my coworkers on here we have some end customers and manufacturers and having that kind of the, the software vendor side the, the people that are really creating a lot of the things to deliver to this market um is really great for us to have too so with with that in mind right with uh you kind of being on that software developments um side of things what does Industry 4.0 mean to, to you and people on the inductive team?
0: That is a great question. You know, if you go back uh, maybe three years, we were asking ourselves that same question: <laughs> What does Industry 4.0 mean? <laughs> um, because you know, when it comes down to it, we've had a platform for the last decade that would connect all of these different things together and present all of that data. Uh, in a unified way. And so we had the question, what, what's the difference between what a SCADA system is and what Industry 4.0 actually is? Uh, and you know, to me, I think everybody's going to have a slightly different answer here. Uh, but to me, if you're talking about a full Industry 4.0 type of uh, transformation that you might be doing, it's really everything uh, from device connectivity up through the communication layer, up through the presentation layer, and being able to unify all of that, being able to present data in a standardized way. And then also one of the really important pieces uh, to inductive automation, and, and to me personally too, is the openness of a system, being able to have open standard technologies that folks are able to connect with, um, standards that are maintained by standards bodies in a way that it's not going to have any vendor lock-in and you're going to really democratize the data, democratize the access to these systems. Uh, and so we inductive automation have standardized on MQTT and Spark Plug B uh, as the standards for that data transfer and that communication piece that, um, that middleware. Although we we do support as well OBC UA and other point-to-point protocols. Uh, we have support for all sorts of different protocols, but if we're taking a look at that communication layer, that's really a true IIoT or industry 4.0 type of communication layer, that's the direction we've gone with that.
1: Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, you're, you're absolutely right that yes, we've been asking this question as our opening question throughout the podcast, and we've gotten a whole bunch of different answers, but a lot of the themes are the same, right? A lot of it is around this implementation of modern technology, very data centric, a lot of data democratization. Um, but I do think it's really interesting how you're bringing up standards specifically. I mean, I do think that that is one of the the maybe less sexy things about Industry 4.0, but is, is very important, <laughs> right? That we're all kind of doing this in generally the same way where it is important to establish that consistency and standards, whether it be a, a protocol like an MQTT or kind of a bigger guidance, like something like an ISA or ISO standard. Um, you're right, and I think that it's a, a good reminder That a lot of that material was out there and can be leveraged by people. You you don't need to reinvent the wheel from scratch. You know, there's a lot of good information out there that you can be building from, and and things uh, accepted standards that you could be using to jumpstart your journey.
0: All you've really done is moved from one vendor lock in to another, and you know, in another five or ten years, uh, whatever upgrade cycle is, you're going to have to move again. So it doesn't really get you true transformation if you're going from one closed standard to another closed standard. I think that open standards are one of the most important things that's happened inside the industrial space. Uh, It's happened on the IT space a long time ago. uh, And I think that industrial space is really catching up with that these days. And if you're not moving to a platform with open standards and with open standard support, uh, you should really reevaluate your your priority and figure out if that's the way that you wanna go or if you want to um, explore some other options. There are a lot of platforms out there now that do support open standards. It's, it does.
1: Yeah, that that makes sense. And then, you know, so in addition to the adoption and embracing open standards, what are the other ways that, as you all are working on the Ignition platform, that you're really thinking about realizing digitalization for for your customers and and what other things are you building into the platform to make sure that it's a really great tool for digital transformation?
0: Yeah, great great question. Uh, So there's a lot of ways. So we have inside Ignition, we've got a full IOT solution really. uh, And I mentioned MQTT and Sparkplug earlier. Uh, Those are a couple of standards that we've built in. Um, There are a lot of modules that Ignition has, Ignitions built from modules. And if you're not familiar with Ignition, you could almost think of it like uh, apps on your, your phone. Basically, these modules provide additional tools in your tool set, uh, and they plug into the platform, and they all extend the functionality. Uh, and of course, the Ignition platform can scale out horizontally as well as vertically. And so you can have multiple installations across enterprises. We have a much uh, it, it's really a huge um, a, a huge market share at this point on the enterprise side. It you know, go back a few years and we were getting into that. Um, and at this point, we just have uh, so many customers who are using us for across the board. Installations that are running their whole enterprises that are across multiple different facilities and locations, or you know, tens of thousands of oil wells that are out, you know, wherever they happen to be, or uh, it could be power distribution, or it could be manufacturing, or automotive. Uh, um, there's a lot in food and bev, and uh, so I think that the technologies that are really helping enable a lot of that are those pieces that are doing the communication. But then there's also the importance of being able to garner insights from that data, being able to take a look at the data that is sent over these systems and being able to get information at a glance, dashboards, uh, visualization, uh, and uh, there's (laughs) sometimes I'll refer to something that's uh, the Gartner hype cycle. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, Mm. uh, but it's talking about certain Technologies where uh, it, it has several different points in this hype cycle, and basically it's a it's a uh, it starts low, and then there's some sort of a technology trigger, and then it goes high, and there's this peak, and it's the peak of inflated expectations, and then after that it <laughs> drops over to the trough of disillusionment, uh, and so I think a lot of these industry 4.0 technologies uh, have started, they started, they they hit this peak. Um, I think they've moved through the trough of disillusionment in most cases, and then they're moving over to this slope of enlightenment and plateau of productivity. And so uh, if you get a chance, take a look at that graph. Um, I think that we're through a lot of the hype and we're actually seeing real differences that companies are getting out of technologies at this point and out of uh, platforms that can bring that data together in a single central place and provide those insights that people are open standards before. And I'll mention it again. One of the nice things that Ignition makes available if you're using it as a IoT solution is that we don't force folks to use just the Ignition tools if you want to uh, use other things that are outside of Ignition. So if you're using Ignition for dashboards, uh, you can use Ignition's built-in machine learning tools if you want to. But if you've hired a data scientist uh, that is out of school, there's a good chance that they're going to know TensorFlow and they're going to know scikit-learn and they're going to know some of these other Python libraries or uh, maybe R. And they're going to want to use these tools that they understand and that they've spent uh, you know, their whole school career going through and, and learning and getting value out of and bringing value to your organization uh, we take a, an approach of allowing folks to use these best of breed technologies along with Ignition and then just pipe that data. So you can pipe that through to the dashboards that uh, Ignition's really good at showing these dashboards. And, um, and, you know, rather than folks needing to learn the machine learning tools inside Ignition, they can use what they know best uh, and then just connect that up and present that information there. Do closed loop controls and that information back to a central location or back to uh, even have uh, process variables that are making recommendations for tuning those processes if you change a set point. By 0.2, you're gonna get another 1% of productivity. Uh, if that's what this machine learning algorithm is recommending to you, and that information can just be piped right back through. You can run these centrally and then send them down to all the different locations. So there, there's a lot of really cool stuff that we've seen folks doing and getting real world improvements from using uh, you know, this, this industry 4.0 type of technology and making that transformation for the customers.
1: Yeah. And, and it sounds like one of the things that's really enabling that in your experience is that open philosophy, right? That idea that, you know, Ignition and certain software platforms have their expertise and they do a certain thing really well. But the importance of being open and then being willing to exchange that information with other systems that do their thing very well. So they have a whole bunch of kind of things that are all best in class, all working together. To deliver an outcome, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great uh concept and a great like, and, and that's a true shift that maybe not a lot of people realize, right? Kind of moving away from these more closed proprietary systems and uh, opening things up a little bit more is uh, it's quite a change, I think, in manufacturing, but one with a, a lot of gains, and I do think it's a big important part of, of industry 4.0. So, with, with things yeah, like I that, that... Mind kind of around the oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I think that that's uh, that's an important philosophical piece for for us as an organization. Uh, But frankly, it's only a percentage of our customers who actually use that. Ignition has a a ton of built-in tools that are really uh, useful and really productive, and folks can stay inside the Ignition ecosystem entirely if they want to. Um, I think that part of the value of that openness is for organizations that are really pushing the envelope that are that are going out there that are already pulling tools in that they're using in their organization. They want to connect all of those. I think that those organizations are finding value in it. And then I think other organizations, uh, you know, folks who are just using the built in Ignition tools, which is a a very rich feature set that Ignition has. um, Those folks often just appreciate the openness in that they know that they'll be able to adapt to the future. Um, So if they get new pieces of technology, they want to plug right into this ecosystem. If they have a new device that speaks um, standard IoT communication, that's going to plug right in. If they do end up with another software vendor that is providing some modeling that Ignition doesn't have built in at that point, uh, they can just connect it up. So um, it's probably, I don't know, on the enterprise side, it's a lot higher on the um, folks who we, we have a ton of companies who are doing a uh, single location or single plant or two or three or five or 10 plants. Um, those folks often aren't connecting ignition with these open standards to anything else, but just having that
1: foundation there uh, helps set them up for the future. Sure, and that that makes sense, and it's also right interesting because you know your 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 software and your responsibility is to make sure that that option is available for people, but you know the actual implementation of that and kind of getting these platforms and having them all work in harmony, right? That's kind of more consulting, engineering, design, integrators like us, right? There, there's a lot of different players that come in to do that, so. So maybe looking yeah. forward to the future, right? So if we're thinking about that connectivity, um, what's uh, if, if you'll allow me to peek behind the curtain a little bit, is there anything really exciting that you guys are working on for the Ignition platform that's on your longer-term roadmap that you think is really going to be a game-changer and, and help to facilitate the shift to uh, more interconnected open systems and industry 4.0? Yeah,
0: good question. So we have an interesting approach to a uh, when folks ask us the 5 year plan for inductive automation what's your what's your 5 year plan or what's your 10 year plan or you know what does that look like going into the future we are such a feedback driven organization that we don't want to lock ourselves into a 5 year plan or even a 3 year or 2 year plan In terms of our development, we want to be able to be responsive to customers. And that's a big part of our success, frankly, is that we take customers into account. We take requests into account. We take um, needs that are coming from folks who are in the industry um, into account in terms of what is being requested of us. And of course, we try to also uh, be we, we, we take a lot of pride inside our own innovation that we have inside. As a company, but we're not setting things up where we say, you know, five years from now it's going to look like this. Um, we do have a few things that are coming up uh, in the short term that we have announced uh, that we're working toward that's going to be in the next uh, major version of Ignition. So Ignition 8.2 is going to have things that uh, increase friendliness to version control systems. Uh, This gets a bit technical um, and I know that some of the readers or readers, some of the some of your listeners will be technical um, (laughs) and some aren't. So uh, if you're not technical, just uh, bear with me for a second or or fast forward 30 seconds. Uh, But the uh, so we have uh, integration with version control systems. Basically, we're taking configuration and we're moving that all to disk Uh, and we're allowing that's going to allow things like uh, Docker rollout with containers. Um, in a way that is going to be a lot nicer for orchestrating. Um, we are making that all friendlier um, for folks who are in validated environments. Right now, those validated environments uh, take some work to get uh, things set up and and fully validated, um, as they always do with any software package. But if you take a look at past Ignition 8.2, having a verification of uh, of, of basically consistency inside that application that's validated, uh, verifying that no configuration changes have been made, um, that integration with version control, that movement of the configuration files to disk uh, makes all of that much, much easier and really streamlined in a way that is, uh, you know, especially folks who are in life sciences, um, they need that type of thing. Uh, sometimes 21 CFR inside Food and Bev needs that type of thing. Uh, and so we're we're making improvements there. We're continually improving our uh, tools inside our web application platform or the module that it's called the perspective module. Uh, and that is the visualization system that allows you to basically pull up a web app um, inside a web browser or inside uh, on your mobile phone uh, and have that, that's where you'd have dashboards and visualization and control and all of that, that's our our visualization system. So we're continuing to iterate on that, um, make significant improvements there, uh, add to the components, uh, add to the feature set that's inside there based on customer feedback. Um, And uh, we also have a bit of focus that is really happening around this idea of digital transformation, uh, which is Industry 4.0 is often seen as a, a piece of this, right? So digital transformation is this big view of any technologies that are going to potentially help uh, organization. And so the IIoT and the industry 4.0 technologies uh, feed into that whole approach. And so uh, we're trying to help companies understand what they can do with digital transformation, where ignition fits into the digital transformation journey. Um, and give examples, continue to provide more resources, uh, provide uh, things that people can download from the Ignition Exchange, which is a free open exchange site that allows folks to share different resources and inductive automation to provide and, and post some of our own resources there that we create where anybody can download those as examples and demo projects and industry specific things. And we're Continuing to add to the industry projects that are there. Uh, there's a um, there there's quite a few. I think there's about six or seven there now, and um, we're we're about to add a solar one, and um, we're improving our water wastewater one right now. Uh, we've got the automotive one up, and a number of others. Uh, there's an oil and gas there too, and so we're going to continue improving those and providing more examples for folks to use as a jumping off point for. What they're looking at doing with Ignition uh, and getting to where they need to go.
1: That's that's all really super exciting stuff. Uh, I I really like the the stuff that is on the roadmap and appreciate that philosophy of keeping the roadmap agile and kind of getting more feedback from from real users and real executives that kind of use the data and use the systems every day to to help control things. I think that all sounds great. Um so I'll have to ask though like as you're having these conversations with with plant managers and executives and things like that what beyond just ignition and what excites the, them about ignition but like what's the big promises in industry 4.0 that they really latch onto and want to see realized through these projects
0: It depends on who you're talking to so we I, at least I personally kind of look at folks in three different categories uh, who we might be having conversations with. One would be C-level, executive level, VP level, uh, somebody who is uh, squarely on the business side. And they may or may not have some technical expertise, um, but they certainly have plenty of business expertise and outcomes are the things that are generally the most important to that group. Uh, And then you have the plant managers who are responsible for their individual plants or the equivalent in different industries. Um, So you're not gonna have a plant manager in water, wastewater, unless you're talking about the water treatment plant, but you're going to have somebody who's responsible for a certain area uh, and same with oil and gas uh, so someone who is about in that plant manager role where they have an area of responsibility, they're trying to improve that area of responsibility that they have. And then you have the engineers. Uh, and those engineers are going to have the uh, a different picture of what's important. And I think that all of those pictures are, are significant here. Um, the things that I think excite the executives and the folks at the C level and the folks at the VP level the most and the director level um, are the outcomes that we've seen a number of companies getting. So I I mentioned a couple earlier uh, where unified dashboards centrally. Ah uh, can be a big deal. And you know you if you just think about a dashboard, you're like, well, you know a dashboard is a dashboard. But if you think about it instead of just looking at it as the pieces on that dashboard, but looking at it as the information that somebody maybe had to be you know rely on reports that were being delivered at the end of the day or at the end of the week to switching that out to having that feedback immediately, being able to see things as they change. Uh, and being able to explore that data, uh, then it becomes something completely different. So somebody who's at that level certainly cares about some key metrics and those key metrics can be, instead of uh, reported at a certain time, those can be real time uh, and they can be monitored, they can be watched, they can be uh, reacted to. Uh, Someone still needs to make decisions based on that information that they're getting, but that data, Uh, can be presented to folks. Uh, And then of course data, in order to take data and get something actionable, you need to turn data into insights. And so one way to do that is to have folks taking a look at those dashboards and uh, centralized reporting uh, and have a person analyzing that. Another way to do it is to have an algorithm doing that. And so machine learning is a great way to do that in certain circumstances. So machine learning definitely isn't a magic bullet that covers everything. Uh, but if you have things that are specifically around uh, regression analysis, for example, making predictions, where where is something going based on where it's been, that can be a great solution for uh, machine learning. If you're trying to do things that are categorizing things, if you're trying to predict failures, if you're trying to make other predictions for if something's going to go into category A or category B and based on that, you're going to change the way that your production is going. Um, All of those things make a big difference potentially. And you can apply those types of concepts to any data that's coming in once you have an IOT type of solution or an industry 4.0 solution where you have all the data coming in. Um, And I think that's what really excites people when uh, they're at the executive, CEO level, the the director level there, or VP level. If you get down to the plant managers, they're caring about what their plants actually are producing. And they care a bit about what the engineers care about as well. And the engineers care about the technology. The engineers care about how quick is it going to be to get value out of this. How easy is it going to be? How reliable is it going to be? How bulletproof is it going to be? Is this going to be a technology that continues on for years? Is it going to be, you know, open standards or is it going to be something uh, that goes away or that has under lock-in and uh, keeps from innovation, keeps innovation from happening? All of that plays into the cost equation. If you're taking a look at long-term cost and the return on investment equation, Um, And so that'll play into what the plant manager cares about, which is going to be costs, certainly. And then also increases in productivity, increases in uh, output, um, increases in efficiency uh, and being able to avoid problems as well. Uh, So, you know, there's no one size fits all. Uh, We're across so many different industries that it's uh, uh, a bit difficult sometimes to pull out generalities here. Um, and each history certainly has its own needs and desires. Uh, but that's, uh, in a nutshell, kind of how I'm looking at it.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite a nutshell there, Kevin, uh, but, <laughs> but really good answer. <laughs> a large nutshell. Uh, and I appreciate all those tonight. nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I know we're, we're kind of getting close to time, but I want to make sure that I uh, get to ask you this. Um, you know, you get to see so many real life applications of all of these technologies to solve real problems. What is just one of the, the coolest, most unique kind of cases that you've seen uh, of Ignition and in Industry 4.0 being applied at ju- just in a really interesting way that you'd want to describe?
0: Well, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, we have a lot of big installations that are across multiple you know, multiple states or multiple countries, and have folks streaming data from around the world. Um, but if I'm just thinking about a a cool application, something that uh, is exciting to me, and maybe something that wouldn't have been possible without Industry 4.0 or these technologies, the thing that immediately pops to mind is these. Um, basically, so so there's a company called XOcean that creates these unmanned marine vehicles uh, that are basically uh, little ships. You could think of them almost as speedboats. Uh, they almost look like speedboats uh, or regular-sized speedboats. Uh, and they have all these sensors on them. Mm-hmm. And basically, these are unmanned vehicles that are going across the ocean, collecting data, uh, reporting it back for government entities or private businesses, Uh, and they have folks who are able to pilot these. Uh, They can pilot them uh, completely independently from the vessel itself. So they can be uh, doing over the horizon operations. They can really be around the world on the other side and have video streams coming back so they can see what's happening. They can pilot left or right or forward, and then they can also set it up so that they're in a bit of an autonomous mode uh, so I almost like to think of them as ocean Roombas. Uh, they're going around, they're doing their <laughs> thing, they're uh, pulling up uh, and and gathering data and sending that data back. And it's this whole confluence of technologies that without Industry 4.0, without cheap cellular, that's also really reliable. Without the right technology and the right backhaul uh, for these things, uh, they're using MQTT Sparkplug in this case. Um, without the right software uh, they're they're using ignition uh, which we love our software so uh, we you know in their case it was definitely the right software for them they they went through an evaluation um, putting all these different pieces together allows for communication allows for for basically for this whole technology this whole stack to be economical um, in a way that they could actually create these and uh, use them and operate them and be successful uh, and last i heard from them their fleet is growing and, uh they're they're doing well and uh it's yeah it's, it's been a fun uh, example because it's, it's not the biggest example that we have out there it's not a project that is uh absolutely huge scale and it's across the entire world but it's a it's such an example of how you can take some of these technologies and apply them to just about anything and you end up with something that is new and unique and interesting and uh you know it gets me excited
1: yeah i can see why the idea of ocean roombas is really cool and uh, to power all of that through the ignition platform is uh is really really neat so uh yeah that definitely not the example i was expecting but uh definitely also what i'm, I'm happy i heard uh that's really really great so uh so before we close out kevin there, there's there's kind of two quick questions so um, we always have our previous guests kind of ask questions that they want to be answered from future guests. So I have a question from a previous guest that I'd like to pose to you. And then if, if you can start to brainstorm as you answer about kind of what you want to ask future guests, uh, I'll, that, that's what's coming up next. So uh, an uh-huh. earlier guest asked, uh, who are the fastest growing Data analytics and startups in this manufacturing industry 4.0 space. So, if we're if we're collecting all that data, especially in an open platform like Ignition, where are the places where you're really seeing in platforms that you're really seeing people use to to turn that data into useful information?
0: So. I might not have a great answer for this uh, because we don't see a ton of folks who are taking that data outside of the Ignition platform because often the Ignition platform is a hmm. great place to do that. So, um, I, you know, it might sound a little bit self serving, but Ignition. Um, the, uh, um, <laughs> we'll take it. That's fine. I think that. Yeah, sure. Um, some other names that have come up a little bit, uh, you know, just to, to round out the answer here um, Snowflake has been one of the companies that has, um, you know, grown in terms of uh, folks asking us and in terms of conversations. Um, we've got a little guide on our website for how to connect Ignition over to, to Snowflake as well. We don't have any official partnership with them. Um, and then, uh, we do have some other companies that we do have partnerships with, um, or that we at least have a relationship with, um, that have connectivity from ignition and, you know, those, those come up from time to time. Um, so there's the, the Canary, for example, that has, uh, um, separate, uh, small analytics platform. Seek is somebody we've worked with for a long time, S-E-E-Q, um, and they have, uh, um, lot more lot more analytics there that they're doing pattern recognition, and things like that. Um, they've got connections directly into ignition as well. Um, and there's uh, there's certainly um, AWS and Azure both have a lot that's happening inside uh, their platforms. We have partnerships with both of those companies um, and they have uh, you know too many services to count uh, for each one of those different. <laughs> Uh, organizations but there's there's a whole variety of things that people are doing inside both of those cloud platforms and then google cloud is uh we see that sprinkled in as well uh from time to time that's kind of the third player it's not as big as the other two in terms of our customer base but um, there's a little bit of that and so of course we'll be able to we're able to connect to that as well Um, one of the nice things that the google cloud platform has is the um, online basically tensorflow uh, engine that you can spin up and uh, you can interact with. So if you didn't want to run it locally, if you needed to run it in the cloud, you can run it there.
1: Cool, and you know what? Two other quick notes and asides from that. One is a pretty shameless uh, self-promotion of this podcast where I know you mentioned Seek in there. We do have a earlier episode where we interview uh, Michael Rissy from, from Seek. So uh, we, we go through a lot of questions with them too. So was definitely looking Great. forward to having guy. them show up in your answer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also, you know, we we joke about Ignition um, being one of those answers, but, you know, uh, I, I want to make sure we don't brush that off, too. You know, you, you got to use the tools that you have, right? And if you have Ignition, there is still a lot of power that you can do in that. And, yeah, you can take things to some cloud-based advanced analytics and machine learning tool, but there's a lot that you could just do within that platform, too. And you want to make sure that you're you're getting your money's worth and, and really pushing those platforms to their limits as well. So uh, I think that's a yeah, very I... legitimate answer.
0: Sure. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And I, I'd, I'd encourage anybody who's exploring inside Ignition uh, in terms of the analytic tools directly inside there to check out the Ignition exchange, check out the machine learning resources that are there. Um, it's certainly just like any platform that has machine learning. It takes some expertise and some understandings of the, the algorithms. But, it, you know, we've got about a dozen that are built in um, that are all uh, things that customers are finding value out of right now. So. Uh, and then, of course, there's uh, most of the things that you see in terms of examples and dashboarding and case studies that we have out there are done directly inside Ignition. Uh, and so, yeah, lots of lots of really good tools. So but yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Sam.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, and, you know, pay it forward a little bit. What do you want me to be asking in a future podcast to another guest that we have? What industry four O question do you want to hear answered?
0: Yeah, I. Um, Let's go with this. What are the biggest blind spots that folks have about Industry 4.0 right now?
1: I would love to ask that question, and uh, I think we're going to get some really interesting responses to that. I certainly have a couple of mine, but I'll I'll let the, the next guest take care of it. Um, and then, you know what, one more thing real quick before we close out. Um, anything particularly exciting going on at Inductive, any events or things like that that you all have coming up that you want to make sure uh, we share and our audience knows about?
0: Sure, yeah. So we have our annual conference that we've had for the last 10 years here. Um, That is the thing that immediately comes to mind that I'd love to share. Um, That is coming up. Uh, Last year, uh, we had it virtually and we had a great turnout. Um, Same with the year before. This year, I'm excited to say that we are doing both in person and online. So we just made the announcement uh, that is going to be out in Folsom, California, Uh, If you're anywhere around the world, please come out. Uh, You can sign up on our website as soon as registration opens. And um, that is going to be the third week in September, I believe, uh, or the date should be on our website. Uh, And then if you're not able to make it physically in person, of course, there is the ability to attend virtually. And so uh, since we're doing both pieces of the conference this year. Uh, we had we had thousands of people uh, come over the last couple of years and we can't have thousands of people physically in person in the venue that we're doing so we know that there's much more interest than the amount of space so if you're not able to come in person uh, if you're around the world or if you just don't happen to get a ticket before we're sold out uh, please attend the virtual conference we have tons of great content and sessions and uh, i'm sure that i'll be talking a little bit. I, I have an interest in machine learning myself and I think that I'm going to be leading one of the machine learning workshops. So, so if you're interested in that more, uh, you can join for that. Uh, and if you can come out, we'd, we'd love to see you. So we're, we're looking forward to being back in person with all of this. Uh, and of course, we're going to be uh, trying to take the right precautions with all of it. Uh, we're very aware uh, of what's been happening in the world in the last couple of years. And um, we're going to be very uh, you know, trying to do everything appropriately that we can uh, to make it as uh, safe of an event as possible, too. So, but we'd love to see you. Um, and uh, the build a thon is back as well. So, if you know what that is, um, you're, you're in for a treat. If you don't know what that is, you can look it up. Um, and, Sam, I'm hoping your company ends up applying uh, because every company that's out there, everyone who's a premier integrator is able to apply to potentially be part of that uh, there's some challenges along the way there's going to be a leaderboard uh, you can follow along with it it's really exciting
1: yeah it, it, that's awesome um, I'm, I'm super excited for icc um, i definitely think that we will be uh participating or uh putting in a bid to work for it with the uh the build-a-thon um and I'm sorry if it came through on the recording, but it sounds like even my dog is excited for, for ICC. So, um, yeah, clearly the, the event of the year. So that's <laughs> awesome, Kevin. Yeah, really hope to, to see you out there. Um, I think that that is a wrap. So thank you so much, Kevin, for, for joining us here on the Industry 4.0 podcast with Grantech. I uh, hope everybody really enjoyed that one. That was a really great conversation. Um, So thank you all for for listening as always. Be sure to follow Tech on LinkedIn to stay up to date with everything we're doing. Subscribe to the Industry 4.0 podcast with Tech, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Email any questions, feedback, your thoughts, anything that you might want to know, info at grandtech.com. And uh, join us next time on the Industry 4.0 podcast with Tech. Kevin, thanks again so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks so much, Sam. It's been a pleasure being here.